Hey everybody, we're back with another commission podcast. This one is a, a goodie. Uh, <laughs> Last few have been have been pretty good. I, I don't know, Maul and Drive was iffy. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Uh, yeah. So Mike Mike Jacina uh, commissioned this podcast, and uh, it's for the 2004 movie science fiction movie Primer. Oh yeah, written, directed, and starring Shane Carruth. Uh, with a, a budget of only $7,000. Before we get started, I'm just going to let uh, Mike take it away. Uh, he says, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the ultra-low-budget movie Primer. I first saw this movie around the time it came out, a little over 10 years ago, and was blown away. It's currently streaming on Netflix. BT-dubs still streaming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I've recently revisited. After some years have passed and the buzz has long died down, i found Primer seems to fall into the love-it-or-hate-it category. This is by far one of the most complex and interesting time travel plots I've ever watched. Like many people that have seen it, I need a multiple views and a little bit of research to piece it all together. Hopefully you guys won't need to, as you seem much brighter about these things than me. Ha ha ha. However, many people seem to dislike the film for its complexity, which seems to stem from things left being or being left vague or unexplained. Other people find the techno babble during the first act to be dry and boring. Some criticize the acting from the main characters, and some take issue with the film for being noticeably low budget and quote unquote low quality. Uh, the thing is, I can see all these points. There are things that normally bother me in films, uh, but for some reason, I can't quite articulate. I still love this movie. Maybe it's because I'm amazed at the feat that the writer, director, and star Shane Carruth pulled off here with a budget of only $7,000. To me, it's like having a pile of popsicle sticks and Elmer's glue and constructing an actual house from it. Mm. Wouldn't think it would be fair to compare it to a mansion in Beverly Hills. But despite all the technical stuff, I think Carruth is a genius for constructing such a complex time travel plot and keeping it all straight in his head. I also like the way he portrays time travel via device. Uh, I found that to be interesting, and he also made it seem plausible. So, I'm in the rare camp that I see... I actually see and acknowledge all of these movies' flaws, but I still think it's impressive despite all them. Uh, Yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't agree that all of the things he listed are flaws. Um, Let's take them one by one. Okay. Um, Can can we... The fact that it's complex. Get the fuck out of here. If you don't like complex films, then whatever. Not a flaw for me, personally. Okay. Uh, So, that's just... That's a purely subjective... um, Whatever. Uh, things are vague and unexplained. I think that's that, true. To me, especially the third act, mm-hmm. I still think that, that there's a lot of plot things there that even, and I've only seen the movie once, um, but I have read up on it, um, and I, uh, I I did all the, you know, saw the image, what do they call those, infographics on it. I got in and, and looked at the websites, and, yeah. and, and I, I think I got it all straight in my head. But still, I think that even that, – that seems to be the squishiest part of the film, the yeah. circumstances involving the party and what was going on there and, and all that. It is. And, I mean, when they say, you know, vague or unexplained, I think – I really do think the info is in the movie. Like, this, okay. this is the difference between, like, what I feel is a bad, uh, a bad movie versus a good movie when it comes to complexity – the info, I think, is in the movie, and you can figure it out based on context clues uh, and and different things. Now, they don't show it all happening. And I should say, we're about to get in-depth spoiler into this, but if you if, yeah. if you ever want to see a, ti- a, a science fiction, a very, like a very hard sci-fi that treats time travel in a realistic and plausible scenario, you should see this movie. It's streaming on Netflix right now. It's very short. Yeah, it's, it's not like even an quite an half. hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as long as you're expecting a low budget, uh, and, and, and fairly wooden acting that you'll probably enjoy it with all those caveats. So continue. Uh, where was I? You're talking, talking about, about the complexity. Information's the inf- all there. Right. It, it really does feel like you could watch this movie a few times and pick up all the details and piece the plot together. And I think people have done that and they can sure. support, you know, the, the timelines they've come up with and the theories they've come up with based on fact that happens in the movie. Right. Um, and, and a lot of it is just, you know, narration where he's explaining, you know, this is, this is what happened. And, Oh, uh, you know, you, you have to, you have to like go back and say, okay, well, if, if this part of the movie happened, like they showed on screen, then this must have happened in the background based on like how the time machine works. Sure. Um, I, I, I really think it's all in there and the complexity to me, it becomes more of a puzzle than anything else, which is fascinating. I agree. I think where the movie went wrong is adding the party plot. 
You think so? Like, I think everything up to that, the fact that you've got the paranoia of the two people and the the measures and countermeasures and, mm-hmm. you know, re- save points and false save points, that stuff is super interesting. And I really – I thought that the wanting to be a hero plot was something in his – that might even been the germ of the, the movie. And he felt like he had to always shoehorn it in there. So it can't be just guys running stock market scams and getting rich and then thinking about and then all and then seeing like uh-huh. oh shit there's a, some other this is clearly spread out of control we got to shut it down mm-hmm. no we don't like I'm I'm I I I still and maybe I need to see it more but I don't see how that party plot where they foil the guy who went off the deep end with the gun well it's w- interesting why is that central to the plot or anything other than a distraction so. So, as I understand it, as uh, this Shane Carruth guy has explained it, uh, the germ of this movie was all about trust. So, it's really, it's a film about, like, you know, the, the things that trust is based on. And, mm. like, once once you break the trust, is there any way to repair it? Um, is that kind of the end of it? And it's it, it's kind of all hinges on that. And it's thematic, and it's not really super apparent in the movie, other than... You know, Abe is constantly like wanting to take things slow and figure out uh, exactly how to prevent any problems. Whereas Aaron's rushing in and he's like, he's a little more bold, a little more brash with his decisions, and mm-hmm. it it ends up. What are the two guys' names? Know, uh, Aaron is the the dark haired guy, okay, and Abe is the okay. Abe and Aaron, guy. gotcha. Yeah, because it'd be um, helpful to re- you know when we start talking about future Abe and Pat, it's like I had to get their names right, yeah. So to me, this the interesting thing about the party is how it kind of ties into that. Um, because I think what you're supposed to understand in this movie, having seen it God knows how many times now, five, six times, mm-hmm. uh, is that Aaron caused that event. And, and that maybe it actually went very wrong and, and somebody got killed. Right. Um, and so he felt like he's not going to tell A, but he's going to go back and he's going to try and fix it. Um. Because you notice if, but I if, thought he did involve Abe. Well, he does in the end because he has to. Uh, he <laughs> there there are multiple errands in this movie. Yeah, like sure. Three of them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Aaron one Aaron Prime mm-hmm. causes this this party event by you know having that conversation on the basketball court, right? Mm-hmm. Like he goes and he tells this guy. Hey, you should. I don't know if it's just a lark. If you thought it'd be funny or whatever to have mm-hmm. the, this girl with her ex boyfriend there, mm-hmm. and then didn't realize, oh, this guy's nuts and he's going to bring a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think he set that in motion and he tried to go back to fix it. Ah, okay. So to me, it, it's important in that it builds toward the like things are too out of control now because like once you you compound it with Thomas Granger at the end, where right. so that's know, the they're, that's they're, the father in lo- of his fiance. Uh huh. Okay, right. And right. that's the and thing. I they don't think... explain that, but it, that's the thing. Like, we're supposed to understand that we don't know why he's there, but the fact that he is there implies that this time travel has gotten out of their control. Right. Because they can't explain it. So, like, yeah. oh, shit. You know, it's like one of those <laughs> So they things... must have done something in the future to clue Thomas Granger in. Enough that he's tracked it down and used the device himself. Yeah. So it, it gets real twisty at the end. Um, right. But I, I'm wondering if that's not also tied into the party because Rachel is his daughter, mm-hmm. um, and and you know it's it's Rachel's boy ex boyfriend at the party who brings the right. gun. So I wonder if like in one of these iterations when they were going through it, like the emergency that they're talking about that would have been important enough to tell Thomas Granger about the time machine mm-hmm. is that his daughter gets killed at that party. Mm. Okay. I wonder if that's not it. Now they don't they don't ever say what that emergency was or mm-hmm. would have been. But it's clear that something caused them to tell Thomas Granger about it. Right. And maybe also a father who finds out there's a time machine and his daughter might be a way to save his daughter might devote all of his time to finding said time machine and using yeah. it in an attempt to go back in time. Sure. You would think so. So the, the crucial parts of this plot, we should briefly describe how these time travel works because the first yeah. third of the movie is super – in fact – 15 minutes in, I was like, man, I don't see what Jim sees in this movie because every huh. bit of this would be improved by having a Hollywood scriptwriter, Hollywood actors. In fact, I think they're hmm. going to eventually make this into like a $75 million picture with stars, <laughs> and it's going to make a with bazillion dollars. And, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know about Ben Affleck. And maybe Matt Damon. A, maybe Justin Timberlake uh, <laughs> as, as okay. Aaron. 
and a, 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 a who would be uh, who would be the Abe? You need someone uh, kind of like long would suffering be, and like, like a Paul Rudd. The... There you go. Really? I see. I would flip them just visually. I would flip. Oh, them. I see. You're trying to go but, with the blonde and brunette right, right, dichotomy. Yeah. Um, but the the first third of the movie is them. The other thing is, I, I I'm glad you can you cleared up that that was the ex boyfriend because. From my initial watch, I was under the impression that the guns play involved one of their partners that they shut out of this project. Oh, no, no. You're sure about that? Yeah, okay, because I was pretty yeah. convinced that that, you know, because there's a lot of the movie devoted to, you know, if that's right and if, you know, they, we can get away with it and a lot of rationales by Aaron. That yeah, seems that's like all they're setting in the trust the, theme, though, right? They're setting like, up the blow up in her face. Yeah, like yeah. anytime you. <laughs> Anytime you have one partner that's like colluding with you to shut out the other partner, you got to think like, okay, when is it going to be my turn to be the asshole that needs to go? Right. Yeah. You can't break trust with somebody and expect them not to break trust with you later. Right. So, um, so that, that was a little bit con- confusing me because the first third of the plot is them discovering the fact that this time travel and they, they find out as because they didn't think it's doing anything because it accelerates right. the growth of bacteria. Uh-huh. Like far beyond. Like, okay, like, that's useful, but right. But is it? What can we use that for? But they find out that it's actually because it's it's, it's a time travel device. These bacteria are going back in the future and, and growing. Their their growth rates are being artificially increased. Right. So they scale it up to a human sized box, so a person can fit in. And the way it works is consistent with how I think time travel can work. That you can never like if we invent time. My understanding of time travel is we invent it today. We can never go further back in time than today. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of going back to the dinosaur times and killing a T-Rex and the fucking sound of thunder, <laughs> that's never going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, but they, they create this box and they use it the way essentially Back to the Future's 2's plot is. They go, go to the future and, and they're, they're really meticulous about it. Um, the time that they know their doubles are going – that they're going to be traveling back in time – the, 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 the so, so, oh, Jesus, this is so com- complex. It gets, it gets super confusing. I can explain this. They have to turn on, turn on the machine quickly. because the machine is like storing time stasis. Right. And when you shut it off, when it, re, when it powers down, it's actually rewinding local time inside that box. So you go, you go, you go flip the, you, you, you set a timer switch because the other thing is they're very paranoid about meeting. You know, like the Aaron Prime does not want to meet Aaron Subprime. Yeah, doesn't want to meet the the new Aaron because, because he might actually cause him not to get in the box later. Right. Like in, if you cause it, the, the, they don't want to have any kind of causality influence thing. So what mm-hmm. they do is they set a fifteen minute timer. The box turns on. Um, before and and then at that point, future Aaron will get out of the box. Mm-hmm. Present Aaron, Aaron Prime has gone to a hotel room where he secludes himself. They don't watch television. They unplug the te- the, the telephone. They they they're not supposed to have their cell phones with them. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the six hour exile in the hotel, they go and look at stock picks, mm-hmm. and they use that information to then go to the machine that's now powered off, crawl into it, go back in time. And make those those day trades to make fat stacks of money. Sure. Seems simple. And they do this for some indeterminate amount of time. And the thing is, is like there you think it's like um I think a lot of people <laughs> think that this is multiplying Aaron's and Abe's, but it doesn't. Right. Because when Aaron Abe Prime it temporarily does. Yeah, but but in the the grand view of space time, when Aaron Prime gets into the box at the end of the day, he ceases to exist in the timeline. Right, because he goes back to point A, right. which is when they spun the machine up. Right. Um. Yeah. So for, so for that six hour window or whatever, there are two two Aaron's, two Abe's. Right. Both, both of them have duplicates. Um. Doubles, but it's a temp- it's a temporary them. thing, right? It's- because as you said, once they get back in the box to go back. That copy is gone, right. and because the, if it, if it if it worked any other way, it would violate thermodynamics. Like you would be creating matter and energy out of nothing, right? But you're already time traveling, so you're already <laughs> sure you're already. But but relativity and like oh, that 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 allows for the concept of time travel. Like no one says it's like you know the the caveat says you can't go further back in time than when time travel is invented, and also. Mm-hmm. You know, most schemes for time travel, the way I understand it, is you you essentially create some kind of wormhole involving a black hole. Yeah, gravity. 
and then you you physically tow this one one end of the wormhole to another point in space time, and then you can use that tunnel for the future to go back mm-hmm. into the point, or you can travel back forward into the future, but. The use of that is not immediately obvious to me. Also, the right. fact that you're creating massive, supermassive black holes that you can travel through and then towing them around. I'll let, you know, the Death Star ain't got nothing on the generation, that you, the power generation you'd need for some shit like that. So uh-huh. time travel seems to be limited to, like, some kind of godlike future being state that, that, that we'd be in. Yeah, it could be. And I do like how they kind of just stumble on it in mm-hmm. this movie. Like, they're trying to build something that, that will i'm not sure exactly what they're trying to build but at some point they think they built like a perpetual motion machine right like right. like where they can get more power out of a box right. that they put power into right um they're not sure what it is and as they examine it more it becomes apparent to abe that it's a time machine so i like that but then in the third act the movie seems to abandon that and they start interfering um yeah. well aaron specifically He's he's like, whether it's guilt about having caused this party event um, with the shotgun or whether it's just him wanting to go back and punch his boss in the face, Mm -hmm. uh, he breaks with their, you know, their precautions. So so let me let me vet another understanding. My understanding is once they fix the party situation, Abe and Aaron come to a conclusion or no, Abe independently comes to a conclusion that we cannot do this. This is too crazy. He, unbeknownst to Aaron, built a second time machine, a, a second set of time machines that has been running continuously since they first started, and it's at Fail this safe. point yeah. sev- a week or two. Because he has to uh, like it, prepare. It's a week. So I, I think this whole thing takes place in a week. Okay, so he, but he has to prepare because he has to bring enough water and food right. and whatever to survive the time ta- travel process. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to spend a week in that box to rewind in time. Yeah. The thing that he doesn't know is that somehow Aaron, by going through their financial documents, has found this second storage area because they, they build all this stuff in a storage shed. Right. Has found this and has used the save point to go back in time and destroy Abe's save points and create a new false one so that Abe can't ever go back and undo the time travel. And he, fi- uh, he I finds that's that out because... Not, that's not exactly what, but, why or what's happening there. Okay, because um, I, I think this because there's a point where Abe goes to relive the day that he te- tells Aaron the time travel exists. Right. Because that's kind of a cool point, point in the movie. Aaron doesn't know about it. Abe goes and shows him the storage shed where another version of him and Aaron are going into the storage shed to do the things that he's about to explain to them that they're going to do. Uh-huh. Um, but what was I saying? The the reason I think that is because when when Abe goes to relive and kind of put the kibosh on this, Aaron, who has as he said early in the movie, is listening to a, a ball game. You find out that he's actually listening to a recording of this day's dialogue, so he can tell when someone's trying to fuck with him. Right. And now he realizes that Abe's trying to fuck with him, and Abe, from a combination of exhaustion from spending a week in the box, and the realization, oh shit, Aaron's found out, and he's taken steps to prevent me from undoing time travel, collapses. Is that not correct? Uh, I don't think that's entirely correct. I don't think Aaron's going back to prevent Abe from traveling in time. But uh, he does use the say he finds he out does. and uses the save point. He, what he actually uses it a couple in a couple of ways, and he so so as I understand it, um, the the best breakdown I've seen of this is, uh, let's call it Aaron Prime. Aaron mm-hmm. Prime is is the first one who is just inventing time travel. Yep, doesn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on the bench in that first scene. Yep, um, where Abe comes to him and says, "Hey, I've invented time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come check this out." Uh, I'm going to show you the most important thing anyone has ever witnessed. But whatever. at that point, Aaron's already used the save point and he's because he's got the earpiece in his ear. Right. So I think what happened is uh, so Aaron has lived through that day. Right. And I think I'm not sure if that's the day that he tells the ex-boyfriend about the party or not. Um, but regardless, I actually think it has to be because he's got all of it recorded. Mm-hmm. And, and, let, and the second time, when later in the movie, when you find out and Abe finds out that he's already met, messed with time travel, he deliberately does something differently. Right. Like you can hear like this. You, you can hear both what he's being played in his ear and what he's actually saying. Yeah. And also the shot swishes and then it misses. So they're already showing like that the timeline's being fucked up. 
Sure, yeah. All right. Uh, it's not what Aaron expects. Uh, so, so Aaron 2, let's call him. Uh, Aaron... So the, the first Aaron go, lives through the day, mm-hmm. Aaron Prime, and he realizes, oh, my God, this horrible event happens at the party. Maybe I'm the cause of it. Maybe I'm not. He decides he's going to go back and fix it. So he gets into his time machine. Mm-hmm. He goes back. Now he is Aaron, too, right? Okay. Because Aaron Prime, the one who has not time-traveled yet, uh-huh. is at home in bed doing doing whatever, okay. right? Uh, he doesn't even know about time travel yet. Okay. So Aaron, too who has traveled back in time, goes to Aaron Prime's house, drugs him, puts him in the attic, uh, and then lives out that day in order to try to avert the disaster at the party. Is that the time he records the conversation? Right. Oh, okay. Actually, yes. Yes. So Aaron, because too, the, the, records that... Okay, so what, you're right. So we think, Aaron, we think the very first scene we see him sitting on the bench with recording that that's Aaron Prime, but it's not. It's I Aaron, I think it's Aaron, too. too. Yeah. And so he's recording that conversation because it looks a little more natural when he's yeah he's speaking to Abe. It's not like he's listening and reciting. He's he's more just having a conversation and recording. So the idea is he would have to record them with an earpiece in, so mm-hmm. that if they react to the fact that he's got an earpiece in, mm-hmm. when he plays it back later on, th- that's still going to be true, right? Because right, right. he's recording surreptitiously and nobody sees his earpiece. The, the when he's wearing it to, to if people hear the ask me, he's like, hey, it's it's final four weeks. So I'm, I'm just keeping right. up with games. That's something people do. Yeah, like, I actually worked with a guy that did that. Like all throughout March Madness, he's got a little earbud. <laughs> right. So maybe he's a fucking time. Maybe Dax was a time traveler. So so I guess like Aaron Aaron too had taken the time machine back through the time machine with mm. him and set it up as yes. a way to come back again. So he, yes, he, he said he, he could used Air, he used Abe's failsafe to stuff himself and another time machine right. in to so go back set and up create another a, failsafe. A, a new failsafe that Abe yep. had no control over. Yeah, I mean that's that's true, but I don't think that's super important. It is important because Abe thinks he's got the very earliest save point and by doing that Aaron has destroyed his save point. So he can't go back as far in time as Aaron's gone. But it's go. by minutes, right? It's not it's not that it's, consequential. It's significant, though, because it allows him to do all the outmaneuvering of Abe later in the movie, right? Because it, 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 uh, Abe, Abe had – Abe's the one that initiated the conversation of time travel. If Abe could uh, go back and just not have that conversation, then there's nothing Aaron can do to prevent his future his, – himself from – you know, like he would never discover it if, if Abe hadn't come on and told him and brought him on. I mean, maybe, but, right. but Abe talked about, like, you know, he'll sabotage and make sure that, like, it uh-huh. just doesn't work and they'll just – they'll lose interest because, you know, so you got these anomalous results and you can never duplicate. That happens in science all the time. Yeah. Like, that's why we have headlines where, like, scientists think they've found time. No, they didn't. They had a, they had a experiment that they don't understand the results of, and they published it, and then eventually peers right. will review it, and it'll be showed out to be bullshit, and that's that's how science works. Yeah. They're going to fuck with it by, like, d- destroying the machine, and there's a long conversation at the end where they form a truce where Abe is going to protect Aaron Prime and his right. family. Right, so, so let me, let me okay. jump in here because I want to get to Aaron 3 because he's <laughs> right. he's also important and specifically in that conversation you're talking yes. about. Yes, okay. Um, so Aaron 2 goes through that day and records everything, right? Mm-hmm. Then he does the exact same thing. He gets in the time, he gets in the, the time machine that he brought through the first failsafe. Right. Uh, gets in that one with another time machine to so set up another, another failsafe. Safe. Right. Uh, and he now becomes Aaron 3. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So Aaron 2. And this is where it gets tricky because now I feel like the movie's violated the laws of thermodynamics because that third Aaron is never going to be conserved. You're always going to have at least two Aarons operating in the world, which seems like a violation of, you know, like you've just created matter from nothing. Okay, uh, maybe so, but... I assume, I guess it's internally consistent, right? Because they, they talk about these, like, causality problems, and Aaron's like, I, I don't care. I don't care about causality problems or whatever. Well, he's the one. Maybe he, it he, happens, They consistently maybe it paid him as the sloppy one because he gets a right. cell phone call, and they're and like, oh. he forgets to ditch his phone. And, and I feel like, like that cell phone call also might be – I mean, there's several things that the movie asks you to think, is this the thing to fuck things up? Right, right. It might be. Um, right. It might be what breaks kind of the symmetry which is, which of their is days. The ba- which is the ba- butterfly effect that screws it up, and the fact that Aaron's sloppy, and also 
you know, he right. seems like I, I think you're right. That well, I mean, it's not that I think you're right. I think that this is all about the movie's theme of trust. Yeah, that um, you know, Abe was foolish to trust Aaron. Mm-hmm. Aaron never trusts like anyone but himself, and he's you know, it makes him paranoid and distrustful and rash. Uh, the one thing I don't understand is like when Aaron three comes back, there's still got to be an Aaron two, right? He's the one that's in the attic, though, right? Well, no, that's Aaron Prime. So oh, right. Aaron two comes back, uh, drugs him, sticks him in the attic, goes in the future, uh, you know, via normal time travel means, mm-hmm. <laughs> just waiting, right? Uh, and then he comes back, so he's now Aaron three. Where? I guess actually Aaron 2 would cease to exist at that point, right? But there's still an Aaron Prime and Aaron 3. Aaron 3 goes off to, what, France and creates a room-sized Right, time there's Aaron machine. Prime and there's Aaron 3. Okay, so Aaron 2 just doesn't exist anymore. I think so. That's fine. Yeah, he goes back. Because uh, well, he disappears it, when he yeah, gets he, into the he time goes machine. Back, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so, he comes, so Aaron 3 now comes back to drug Aaron Prime, but he fails, right? He tries to overpower him. He fails. And they have a conversation about what's going and he on. He failed. They imply because Aaron had to spend a week in the time travel, and he was right. he was. Uh, and the other guy was aware of it. He wasn't Aaron Prime, so he he was able to be wily and fight off the exhausted version of himself. Yeah, he's just Plus, too weak. He can't I, am, do it. I think the Aaron Three's heart's not in it. He wants to exploit this on a much grander scale. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's clearly shown that he's not following those rules anymore. Uh, but yeah, he comes back. He can't overpower him, and then they agree that Aaron Three will just go off and never be heard from again locally. Like, right? Aaron the, Prime is going to live a- out Abe his is life. Be the guardian the of Aaron Prime. He's going to make sure the time travel doesn't exist beyond this. And Aaron's going to go and uh, do whatever he wants. But and that's the thing. Like, there's this yeah. fairly sinister end in a movie where you find out he's constructing like a warehouse size time travel, which right, implies which that he could have a whole bunch of people go back in time. Or what I think is that he wants to construct some kind of living quarters in there so he can go back in time for long periods. Right. Right. To more he fully could, exploit the whatever. That's a true failsafe, right? Like, have a sure. big enough compartment that you could take quantities of food. and water and gas uh, oxygen enough to get you back years in time if you fuck something but i mean that's the the weird thing about this fail safe is it's never going to be adequate like you're never going to be able to maintain like so like let's say that you decide 50 years of or 10 years of food is going to be enough well once you get to 10 the 10 year mark you're either going to start Mark Watneying it from the Martian and like go on like starvation rations, or you're just not going to be able to survive the trip back in time because you can't go back in time to put more food in the the thing, right? Well, you do the calculation and you know how long you have to be in there. So there, there's a certain number of but but the sale the fail safe is running all the time. Yeah. So if you need it, you can go all. So like it's 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 a it's it's like a it's a it's a ray, right? You got a fixed point. That's the time it was created and turned on, mm-hmm. and then it's an infinite stretch. You could leave it on for a million years and presumably shut it off a million years into the future and go all the way back a million years in time if you wanted to. Right now, there's two problems with that. It would One, take you a billion, like five billion years to go back a million years. What? Did yeah. they, there's some so kind of time, time dilation. T- time is different inside the machine. Yeah, so that that's why like when they put this weeble wobble in at mm-hmm. the beginning and they leave it in for one minute, it has experienced the the protein growth of like a month or something, whatever they say it is. Oh shit! Because See, I, like, I missed inside... that. I thought that they implied that they've done this experiment multiple times and the accumulation of all those missing time periods is what's made the growth i didn't know that time i know it's my understanding the time and i've only seen the movie once i'm not going to fight you hard on it but i kind of think that that's a wrong understanding that time travel time passes fast in the or faster it's slower inside the machine okay so like so the other thing there's so the other problem is you got the human lifespan because nothing in this is suggesting that you are actually physically your cellular structure right. is going. In fact, it, it, if if you're right, it's implying the opposite. It's being accelerated. Yeah. So I don't know what Aaron's. I don't know why I'm calling him Aaron. His name's Aaron. I don't know why Aaron's long term plan like it's sinister because clearly something's up. It kind of begs for a primer too. Well, here's here's the reason it's different for. Um, for a human versus that weeble wobble is somewhere along the line they say like 
okay, we put this dumb thing in there, right, that can't exit. It can't get itself out of the machine. Right. We have to pull it out. And so what what's happening as they explain it, and I oh, don't know right. how this you works. You have to get out at a particular time. Yeah, you have to get out as in this window as it's winding down or, or get in as it's building you get out, up. Or if you get out too early or too late, something bad, then they, they show like physical there's, effects. There's yeah. some bleeding going on from ears right. and nose and... Uh, so the Weeble Wobble can't get out. So what it does is it bounces around from point A to point B, which point A is the time when the machine okay. turned on. Point B is the time when it's turned off. And, it's, it's and it does stuck. loops. Okay, so that's why. Because so it can't get out. And, so, and so the machine, like, it does 1,300-something loops. And okay, it's, so that's why. Time, so time doesn't pass differently. It's just stuck in a loop. And right. it's experiencing local real time, but it's doing it again and again and again. Okay. Right. And so for them, they can do, like, a single loop, right? right. Where, or half a loop because they... They turn it on at point A. Right. They turn it off at point B. When they turn it off at point B, they get in. Right. And I, they go back. They loop around to point A, so they do half a loop, and then they get out. Right. Well, okay. So it's, but it's you can't a one-to-one one, like, quarter time. loop because if you inter- if you get out, it's, it's implied very bad things will happen. You would to probably you. die. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> like they get out like a minute or two early, and they're mm-hmm. like bleeding from their ears and nose and assholes. So. Right. So it's real interesting too because when they get, they they make it clear that that. Aaron gets like gets a little jumpy and gets out of the machine early, mm-hmm. but from Abe's perspective, it looks like he gets out late. Mm-hmm. So he's waiting around for Aaron to get out. Whereas Aaron has, like, he's looking at a stopwatch and he says, "Oh, I got a minute left. I need. To, I'm going to get out of this thing." Mm-hmm. But from Abe's perspective, it looks like later because. Mm. The, the windows are exactly opposite. But also, aren't they? The aren't, isn't the implication that that's a different version of Aaron now too? Because he's hijacked the process. Because I thought that the, uh, there the are, fact that Aaron starts bleeding is not—it's not just because right. getting in and out, but that implies that he's at this point. Yeah, he's done much more time travel than Abe has. That's true. Okay, yeah. because there's also some kind of cumulative damage that's occurring as well. Uh-huh. People uh huh. People were also speculating about like the earpiece and saying, okay, well, it's in that ear, and maybe there's some causality thing he's violating, and this earpiece is part of it, and. <laughs> <laughs> like that's causing him to bleed from sure, that ear. Sure, sure. I, I don't know. I, nah, nah, I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. I feel. I don't know that that conclusion is supported within the movie. But there are clearly some ill effects from violating some rule of causality or this time travel uh, paradox thing. Like, Do you think the time because travel Thomas Granger falls completely unconscious when he becomes when he comes anywhere near Abe? Right. Well, see, I thought that. They were speculating that since he didn't know the rules mm-hmm. sufficiently, that he either got out way late or way early, and his debilitating effects are from jumping out the shock of jumping out of that time loop prematurely. Or I mean, maybe that has something to do with it, but they, they do whatever. they do explicitly say it's when he's within a certain range of really goddamn of, of either Abe or Aaron. I can't remember which one. Okay. It is. Okay. Yeah, like they they say, oh, he couldn't get within two rooms of one of them without falling unconscious again. Huh. So, I don't know why, right? Exactly, and I don't know what's up with Thomas Green. Well, see, that part was super confusing because they then jump to them like preparing an IV and like met and and I now understand that that was Abe preparing to go through the failsafe. Right. But I thought that they were actually loading him in to do something therapeutic or to get rid of the body. or Right, right. And uh, also... And, and there's it, a shot that makes you kind of think that. Yeah. Where and, he's laying and there. also when they're attacking themselves, mm-hmm. I thought that like, oh, this is how they're... <laughs> it's a gruesome way of dealing with their duplicates. That right. Every day they're... <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, are we going to find... You've never seen the movie Triangle yet, have you? Uh-uh. Okay, because, you know, there's – I thought we were going to see a gruesome scene of, like, someone goes up in the attic and there's, like, a hundred errands in various stage of rotting. And, right. Uh, but then I looked at the I, the infographic where, essentially, every time they get in the time machine at the end of the day, they cease to exist. Yeah, and I guess if they, and had, again, that's, if that, they had done that you, – You have to – I mean, the, the whole concept of relativity is that – Everything when you're talking about space time is depending upon your point of view. So when I say he ceases to exist, I don't mean like in an empirical sense because obviously he's traveling back in time. I'm saying from the point yeah. of view of local space time, he gets in that box. If you look in that box, the second after he's it's gone. Yeah, after his, it powers down, he's disappeared. Just it's like he's just been disintegrated. Right. Uh, and you know, going back and killing your double, it feels like is the ultimate causality problem 
because like then there's nobody to get in the box later to come back, right? You could, couldn't you? So if, if you if you murder your double and you yourself get back in the box, well, I guess you would have murdered your double. But that's the thing. The time the time machine doesn't work that way, which is why I don't understand how you came up with two errands on a permanent state. Because it seems like someone would have to have not gotten in the box. Well, it's it's but because he brought do... another box with him. But still, how did so he convinced both of themselves to get in both boxes? Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm no, saying no, is no, like, no, no. So okay. okay, he goes like Aaron two comes back, drugs right. Aaron one, sticks him in the. He's attic. up in the attic, right? Aaron one is permanently in the attic, right? Well, he stumbles out at some point in the future, but okay, very confused. Aaron two at that point sets up before he does this. He sets up another failsafe, right? Okay. Uh, so it's it's tagged to this time. So we still got two errands. He lives out the whole day. Aaron's, Aaron Prime's in the attic. Aaron 2 lives out the day. Jumps in. His own time machine that he just set up comes back as Aaron 3. But Aaron 2 ceased to exist. Aaron 2 ceases to exist, right. But now you've got Aaron 1 who never got in the box. So how did... So, so there's the key. Okay. He never got into the box. So how the fuck is Aaron 3 walking around? Like I, I feel like that's an inescapable problem in the movie, and it could, it, it, and and that's where it, it's too vague for me because I can't physically, with the movie's physics and logic, figure out how you got in that 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 steady state yeah, that's situation. A fair point. I I don't know how if you drug yourself and that causes you to not get in the box, especially since Aaron Prime is going to be ignorant of time travel and never start this odyssey. You've right. got this unattached, free floating. It seems like there is no actual causality connect, like connection there in this universe. Like you can throw causality out the window, right? Like however they do it and however they explain it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like causality is a thing. But the thing is, I feel like way. it was up until that point because everything is like, yes, you could have two errands temporarily, but if you if if that would be a, it has to be temporary because if right. the one doesn't get in the box then you never have the other one right and i don't know that i guess in in my state in my in my mind what would happen is the aaron prime like it aaron prime would cease to exist and aaron 2 would then become the real aaron sure and that um, this is all this is all you know <laughs> Again, I'm talking from a relative point of view of the universe, mm-hmm. but like if the person doesn't go back in time to do the thing to be the, the, to be created as the duplicate, then you don't have a duplicate. So the only explanation I have is that causality does not work in this movie like we think it should work in the real world. Yeah, and that duplicates can in fact exist, and they exist independent of whether or not the original gets into the box ever. Yeah. Um. So you can you can cause permanent duplicates. And that's, you know, that's something they're worried about. And it's also, I think, something that proves to be not a problem at, well, it's also, it, within th- the movie. Yeah, because I think that's the one of the dawning realizations that things are fucked up. Like, they, as much care and effort... I mean, that's the thing. Like, time travel... I can't remember whose review I was reading, but it's like, if time travel is possible, it seems like it's incredibly dangerous. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's like what, you know, how in, in beginning, like in the nuclear age, there were some scientists who were like, well, what if this starts to chain reaction where every atom, every atom in the atmosphere starts fusing or splitting and like it never uh-huh. stops and there's just a wave of destruction, like the anti-genesis wave, the revelation wave kills us all. Or like nanobots. And- or like, you know, that's <laughs> like there's much less concern with the large hard on large hadron collider like that's going to create a black hole that destroys the earth i mean that was no one seriously thought that because they'd done the calculus they'd done the math scientists didn't yeah but uh yeah like time travel just seems like even if you're a smart person that seems like you're going to take reasonable you know precautions that it's just you know you're you're (laughs) messing you're literally meddling with forces you don't understand And, and here's here's the interesting thing about it too it's it's not like you can see it coming and prevent it. The instant you invent time travel, it all falls apart. Like assuming that any point in the future, it will cause causality issues. Right. It will do them the instant you create time travel. Right. right. <laughs> so yeah. Anything you don't they... have time to react. You you go. The good you don't even have time that... to realize you've invented time travel until. I mean, I guess it's it's nice that uh, the, our current understanding of physics is such that you can't have a situation where humanity does not come into existence. 
So like I feel like it's 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 right. impossible to fuck up the timeline such that we're going to end up with like a Planet of the Apes scenario or something like that. Sure. It's more like and so it's like what is you know it's it's more like the future post time travel is a very strange place and may not even exist uh, right depending on how causality works right right and that's the thing like once time travel is invented you. I mean, you don't exactly break causality, but you have to start thinking causality in, like, fifth-dimensional terms because, you know, manipulating political scandals, financial markets, personal relationships, like, the sky's the limit. That's part of what they get into in this movie. They have, you know, a very uh, quick conversation about, you know, predestination Mm -hmm. and, and essentially how they are planning out their own lives yeah. and, and nothing about that can be changed right uh, once they come back it's well it's, it's the, interesting because normally you think predestination all oh, some outside entity has planned your life well actually here it's you right and and there's another thing that i saw that some people are like well maybe this is a mini universes type of thing which i think in that case you've got an Aaron that ceased to exist in one universe and now is existing in another universe because Maybe. that's the thing, like, yeah. every time, let's say, a single time that party went wrong and his girlfriend got shot, that timeline didn't cease to exist just because Aaron got back in his failsafe and went. There's there's many versions where his girlfriend's just dead, super yeah, dead. depending on how this works. Sure. Every single time. It's not like they're rewriting the future. They're, they're kind of navigating which universe. And that's funny because Rick and Morty touches on this in a pretty profound way in, like, a 20-minute cartoon. Mm-hmm. But, it, like, the implication is... You're not really saving your girlfriend. You're just moving to a universe in which she's still alive. Right. And are you okay with that? I mean, that was the Rick and Morty thing. Like, Rick doesn't give a shit. Like, you know, like, I'm still alive, and this is mostly the planet and universe that I'm familiar with. So don't don't overthink it, kid. And maybe that's, like, the prior. Like, you have to have right. almost, like, the sociopathic detachment to not only I, humanity, I but yourself. Socio- I don't think that's even sociopathic. I mean, the, the idea that you would want to choose your best future outcome. Ah, that's true. That's what we all do every day. We right. Just don't, we have imperfect information. Right. So now, like, you're saying, okay, all of these possibilities exist. Right. It's not like you're creating new, new horrible possibilities for somebody else. Right. You're just choosing the best possibility for yourself. It's It seems like a, with careful, information. a, a careful time travel person would create, like, a save point every day. So that's interesting. But then you have like an infinite number of pods that are all. But that's like in the 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 chances of fucking up with time increase oh, exponentially man. with that. Oh, so because somebody... then you have assholes taking time travel machines back through the time travel machines, right. and now it's like, yeah, it's it gets to be a mess real quick. Which is why I think this movie cries out for a big budget sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is Aaron doing in France or Saudi? Was it France or Saudi Arabia or Kuwait? I, I can't. I thought Can it was you France. imagine this as a as a TV series? I don't know that it's got that many because it seems like this would just get apocalyptic real quick. It seems like it, yeah. And like I, I can see almost like a trilogy where like is uh, the second one is the worst possible case scenario, and then the third one is essentially Aaron three seeing the light, and now there's a couple other Aaron's and him and him and Abe have to team together to take out all the other Aaron's, and mm-hmm. then somehow survive back to a save point where they can mutually work together to destroy. The Abe and but I, I the, the the but didn't isn't one of the reveals at the end of the movie that Aaron actually went back and and just intentionally destroyed a bunch of save points that they used to have so that Abe couldn't go back and there's no way at the in my understanding at the end of the movie there's no way Abe can go back in time far enough to keep the rogue Aaron from existing. That right. he secured his future. The only thing right. He can well, do... that works because like the failsafe that Aaron uses to get back mm-hmm. is is exhausted, and he sets up a new one after he's already come back. Right. So now the failsafe is just a few minutes into the future from when Aaron three comes back. So why could Abe find that and use it to go back and and he does at the end of the movie. There's Abe too. Right. So he. Abe also drugs right. himself and sticks himself in the bathroom. See, that's a fucking mess. And and Abe two and Aaron three are the ones having the conversations at the end. Because in if the he airport. prevents time travel from ever happening, then Aaron three should cease to exist. Right. That so is that's messy why as hell. That's why I say the causality doesn't work the way. Yeah, you're that right. I don't think it's a in, problem. Like, oh my god, this movie's trash. It's just like <laughs> right. it turns out that their understanding of time travel and science wasn't precise. And duh. <laughs> I mean, right. you know. That'd be like someone writing a science fiction based on in the 18th century based on relativity. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, uh, are we talking uh, general or special or what are we talking here? So let me jump back real quick to the the ending where he's building this airplane-sized, airplane hangar-sized time machine. Mm -hmm. People have, to, to talk about your point where things get real convoluted real fast, people have speculated that he's not actually building a giant time machine. He's building a shitload of time machines and that he could have a time machine set up for for a, just a whole bunch of save points. Sure. So, like, you know, you start a machine, you go back, um, and you just fire up one of the other machines yeah. so that he could have, like, this endless loop of fail-safe sure, that he yeah. could go back to. Mm-hmm. Um I think that gets super complicated, right? Um, and, I mean, I would and suggest you definitely him having fuck a, it up in the future. I'd suggest him doing a, the standard backup practice of eventually abandoning daily and going, you know, grandfather, father, son backups. So <laughs> you have daily save points. You have daily save points for the last month. You have weekly save points for the previous quarter, and then you have like monthly save points for the previous <laughs> few years. Because else, right. what the hell, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if that's And then I true. wonder if, actually, uh, now that I think about it, I wonder if you could use that system to navigate to any point in time that you wanted to. Right. Like, because I spin if, it up once. If I, if I, so I need to first take the grandfather system to go back a year. Mm-hmm. Then I go to the father to get to the week I want. And then I go to the son to get to the day. Now I can, even though I'm only keeping at any one time uh, a month's worth of fail-safes, I could go back in time at any point where the, all the fail-safes are good. Right. It's like, if, if you could, wow. If you could fit enough machines in there to cover, like, every hour for an entire month then yeah you could probably do that that's fucking crazy uh so i don't know people have speculated about that but uh, ultimately i i don't know i think he's doing a, a large one but for what purpose like what could he possibly want a large one for other than like you said traveling back an extraordinary amount of time but that would kill him because he, he still has to experience the time travel in reverse yeah, yeah like even even he's if you're 30 years old even forward. a 10 even a 10 year Failsafe is putting you at, you know, you, so so ten years you're forty. Uh-huh. You go go back in time, you're fifty. By the time you get back to point right. one, but you fix, started you're at thirty, be sixty. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're right. It's just stealing life from you, and you're spending mm-hmm. the majority of your actual life in a fucking box. I don't know. Like that's the thing. Like there's something. That's why I say it's crying out for a big budget sequel because there's a lot of answers this movie is begging you to ask and it doesn't give you the answers for it. Because yeah. I also think that somehow Aaron is t- or Aaron by manipulating time and his friend and losing all human connection has become some kind of amoral thing. Like this is yeah. a guy that's really to, ready to walk away from the woman he loves well, and the life he because yeah. he's like detached from every piece of humanity including his best friend at the end so who god knows well, what he's gonna do so, so there's still aaron prime who's living out his life with his wife and kid right there's only one shit. copy of his wife and kid. so like if there's they an can't both aaron prime is happy with his son and his girlfriend and his fiance and they're getting married like if i'm aaron three that doesn't give me any joy or pleasure no of course not so like that's but, what i'm but saying it's a sacrifice like, that he's made to change the event that that caused uh, is it or is it because potentially caused Rachel's death? I didn't think that that was a noble thing. Like the Aaron three at the end building the giant factory time machine doesn't seem like a noble creature. He seems like a fallen, selfish, vain creature that's he does. out to yeah. do something crazy for his own personal benefit. Right, and along the way, he's broken the trust with Abe. I wonder uh, if he's the. I mean, are we supposed to understand that he's because he's a smart guy? He would understand the limitations of even like long term time travel. Has he figured out a way around that? Has he figured out a way to like combine time travel with stasis so that he can essentially not experience physically the time that he's he's spinning uh, in the box? Because otherwise, you're right; it's, like it. it's of limited usefulness. Other than yeah, making shitloads of money. Shit, but again, <laughs> if you you know if you're if you want to go back in ten years, we just talked about how that is essentially robbing thirty years of your life to do it. Right, but so, you know, spending a year to make. Nine hundred billion dollars. Okay, sure. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. a bad way to go. But it seems like day trading already. Like if you just knew what, what happened I mean, eight yeah. hours, you don't need the yeah. fucking year. If you just want to make fat stacks, well, that's what I mean. Like you take. He doesn't have a billion dollars to invest, right? He's probably got a few thousand bucks. Right. So you throw your few thousand bucks in, you double it. Right. You come back the next day. You've spent two days to do this thing. Uh, now you double it again. So, so you do that for a year. Why year, would you want to go back to the year that you started? You wouldn't. Okay, so I'm saying, what of what use is the giant warehouse time machine? I keep coming back to that. Oh right. 
Yeah. Like, unless he's, you know, and that's what I'm saying. We need a big budget sequel where we see how this terribly, what his plan was, how it terribly goes wrong, and they can fix it in part three. Right. Um, so I feel like we've we've talked uh, about the plot yeah. a lot. I want to talk a little bit more meta about the movie itself. Okay. Because this, so this Shane Carruth guy, uh, apparently he was a he was studied mathematics and he was an engineer, um, and he became he taught himself filmmaking over I don't know how long and, a period. And it fe- this movie, especially in the writing and direction, feels like an, an engineer who has taught himself right. filmmaking, but. Honestly, that's kind of part of what I like about it because the the way they bumble into this discovery feels supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like, not, and I don't mean, I don't no, mean yeah, you don't mean like ghosts. I mean, it feels very yeah. natural. Yes, yes. Um, in that, it, I feel like I'm watching very, very smart people try to communicate or actually communicating ideas without actually saying everything they're thinking because mm-hmm. they're thinking faster than they can speak it. Right. Yep. And so. Like you'll you'll get half an idea out, and the other person will be like, "Yep, yep, no, got I've, it." I've experienced okay. that in like programming. Like right. when you're working with a colleague on something, and you've been working on enough, and you you're mutually coming to a eureka moment. You're finishing each other's sentences. Sure, and that's they why that accurately. That's why the discovery feels so vague to like the the viewers because there's things going on in their head, right? The that's conclusions they're to. jumping to that we're just not we're not getting the full. And that feels more of, realistic, right? It does. And and a Hollywood scriptwriter would fuck that up. And it challenges because they have you to no keep experience up. in that kind of thing. Right. They would say, "Well, the the viewer's not going to understand this." Yeah, where but, Shane, but Shane doesn't, doesn't care. Doesn't care. It's like, it's, yeah. He's he's writing a movie like it would really happen. Mm-hmm. Um and whether you keep up or not is up to you. Uh, Which is so funny I think that's because... super interesting. The more you talk about this movie, the more I don't understand why you don't like Mulholland Drive. <laughs> Well, Mulholland Drive is, you don't know what's real and what isn't. This movie, you definitely do. Except for when you get to a point where you're right, like, okay, well, what we previously understood about the movie's rules of causality clearly can't, but then you just roll with that. Right. I think it's because it's science fiction. Because it's internally consistent, and I'm, eh. and it's not like, it's not expressed in feeling, it's expressed in sure thinking, in plot. Okay. Um, All right. I, I can wrap my brain around it, whereas... I don't know how to wrap my feels around Mulholland Drive. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and ultimately, this movie feels like a puzzle to me, which I really like. And it, it's it's gratifying because I think largely it's a solvable puzzle. There yeah. are You uh-huh. are going to get to a point where you have to interpret things because, as we said, the movie's own logic, it, it's while it's internally consistent, it does break down a bit. And it's very vague about the cause and effect. And I think intentionally so because they're dealing with time travel. And these things are shocking and concerning and worrying to the people living them. And yeah. they can't explain it. They just know it's bad and they need to they need to, to shut this all down. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do think that uh the and, and I, I don't, it doesn't bother me that the film's low tech like the, the film's grainy where you can tell that he's taking a shot and he's trying to blow it up and he didn't have the perfect lighting but yeah honestly i think scenes. that feels right for the movie like mm-hmm. i don't think having better film stock or lit that that makes it feel kind of like the gritty real thing the thing that really distracts me yeah. is the first 30 minutes where i thought the dialogue could really like the technical details are fine but the delivery mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like that that's the weakness of the the amateur acting and directing is why the dialogue and the it, 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 it's the dialogue of engineers working through a tough problem, the emotion and what that feels like was not there. Hmm. It was very engineery and sterile. And, you know, these people are having some really tough conversations. Honestly, for amateurs, they're way better than I expected. Uh-huh. But it is exceptionally... like I don't know that if this wasn't a highly recommended movie that I would have made it through the first 15 minutes. I'm like, this is just hmm. garbage. I was not absorbed at all. Up until the protein bacteria experiment and I started getting cerebrally engaged. Yeah. And then by halfway through the movie I was full on like, okay, I'm down for this. But like, whoo boy, those first 15, <laughs> 20 minutes are super dry. Yeah. Uh... I guess I mostly agree with that. Uh but yeah, I mean this Shane Carruth guy is not, you know, just the just the actor. Um he he plays Aaron. He also edited, produced, wrote, directed. I mean that's the thing. And like I scored this movie. I can't talk too much shit about him because this <laughs> like like uh Mike said, this is like take like if someone said, "Hey, 
Or it's like when uh, Jamie and Adam on Mythbusters made a fully functional boat out of duct tape. Right. Like, until someone said it was possible, I'd be like, no fucking way. But this guy, for 7000 like, just the film stock alone, or he probably didn't use yeah. real film, the digital. He did 16 millimeter. Shit. Right? I don't see how he got the film stock alone. It must have been, like, all film stock because he, and just, I guess he, he filmed in his garage with just his. And, and I remember, and like, I remember saying that like he a couple times in the editing process he almost like gave up. Like yeah. I, you know what, this is just the the, the amount of time to do this is just not going to be worth it. So like I mean, yeah. again, if you gave us seven thousand dollars to make a movie, we wouldn't even get the equipment bought right. before we ran out of budget. Like this is too hard, Let's stop. So I give him all this stock, everything I say has to be with the caveat that this is amazing this is better than it has any right to be uh-huh. but i also want to tell people who want to know what to expect or like you know full disclosure these are the flaws of this process yeah you know, you do something quick and dirty you know there, there's going to be something that's going to give like if you know if he had best friends that were hollywood level talent that you know in the acting department or if he was a hollywood level director then mm-hmm. has he made anything before or since yeah, he's made stuff since then. Uh, this was his first, but then he made a movie called Upstream Color. He's got he he started working on something called a Atopi- topiary, which didn't ever get made. It was supposed to. It, it had some big budget backing, but uh, it it got it just got weighed down, collapsed under its own weight. And then mm-hmm. um, he's also got this thing called Modern Sea or something that's. Mm-hmm. Supposedly his next one. I've heard of that one. That's the one I've heard about. So I guess I'm I'm curious to see what he does. I, I maybe go and see a couple of the, his other films that he's finished, and yeah. then see what he's got because I think he's got a certain amount of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen any of this, so this could be just like even if it's a one hit wonder, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good hit. Yeah. And I, I again, if I if, if I was him, uh, my version of getting getting the time machine and getting rich would be sell the rights to the sequels because I want <laughs> right. to see the sequels. Yeah. I think there's I think there's meat on them bones. I think so too. Uh, th- there were some other things that are just kind of in the movie that don't really go anywhere, like the handwriting problems they had. Like that seems to be some kind of indicator that you know the the effects of time travel are building the butterfly up. Butterfly effects, yeah. Well, it's just like it's building up. It's taking its physical toll it's, it's on you. It's degrading you mentally, somehow, right? Yeah. And Aaron's stuff starts before Abe's does because Aaron is. Sure. Aaron three and he's traveled. Course, times. It'd be like, hilarious because my handwriting is already so because I I write so infrequently that it's just right. a, like I, I had to write a, a note for my son to my te- the teacher and I'm like she's gonna think <laughs> he wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> like this is gonna be like this is a, a ten year old is faking a note about getting out of school for a dentist appointment. I'm like yeah. I when I was like really concentrating on make as I this is the teach. I'm like oh my god, should have tried it left handed. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I don't know how I would d- decide whether my handwriting is degraded because <laughs> it's already know. barely legible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, we we talked in detail about it. I think if you haven't seen it and you listen to this, I don't know why you would. But I'd write. It's just get, in, go back in, and watch the movie. Indecipherable, right? Because uh, I, I definitely think it's worth multiple watches actually i do too i think it's satisfying i intended to but i just we've been super tight on time and uh uh again i did a lot of like the first time i sat and and watched it i immediately went to the internet and spent about three hours researching it yep and like ah yes now i understand (laughs) uh but apparently i still had a couple things wrong and also i think the movie does have a couple of goofs that they don't not, not necessarily goofs, but incomplete understandings that even the protagonist and maybe the director and writer don't understand, and he was fine with that. Right. Okay. Uh, what, what? How do we get out of this? Uh, Mike, we thank Mike, Mike Jacina. Thank you very much for uh, you know this was on we my recorded list. this podcast like five times. We kept having to go back. Right. Well, what's funny is you intended, in the box and you, you were going to do this as a silent movie, and if you don't know, that's a project. We've oh, only done right. two of them. It's something we want to yeah. do more of, but we take all the dialogue out of a movie. And you said that the resulting movie was like seven minutes long, and there's yeah. it would be like there's no way, there's no way anyone had figured it out. I would like to see that cut if you've got it. I might still have it just uh, for, or maybe we could even release it as bonus footage. But um, that would have been a shit show. Essentially, the only giveaway on what might be happening is when. Abe takes Aaron the first time to tell him about the time machine, takes him to the U-Haul storage and you facility, see the other two guys. and you see the other Abe, and you're like... Or when they're knocking each maybe. other out. It has something to, with cloning. Even I, then, either. there's narration over it, sure, so yeah. all of that was cut out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It, it's a really short cut. Right. Um, but yeah, you've been wanting me to see this for a while, so I, I'm glad I find And it was on my radar of things to see. Uh, thanks for putting that at the top of my list, Mike. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to commission your own podcast, if you'd like to be like Mike, for example, uh, you can go to baldmove.com slash shop, click the big film canister looking thing, and then you can either community commission, which you chip in 10 bucks at a time for shares of popular movies that are, are uh, VIP members on the forums have suggested, or you can go for the brass ring and commission your own like Mike did. Thanks again, Mike, for supporting Bald Move and making all this possible, and we'll see you in the future one that I'm not sure what the next one is. Do you know? Oh, actually, I do. It's uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross. Oh, yeah. One that I, another one of those I feel like I've seen a million times, even though I haven't seen it, because really? wow. there's so many of those classic things that have made it into SNL and parodies. And, so, yeah, I'll always, always be closing. Uh, we'll be back, uh, I think, next week with that one. But until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye-bye.